0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Mastering Dungeons. Teos is off on a uh, wild adventure in Europe. So I have recruited the one and the only Mike Sly Flourish Shay. Hey, Mike, how's it going?
1: Oh, it's going well. I'm so excited to be here. I am sad Teos isn't here, but of course, if Teos was here, I wouldn't be. So I guess I'm sad and happy. Yeah. But thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm, oh, it's it's I it's a show. pleasure.
0: We always love uh we always love talking with you. Uh so let's let's do this. Let's jump right into it because you have some news of your own. Uh and what I thought we would do is rather than have a main topic, we're gonna cover the news, but we're gonna go in depth because a lot of the news this week really invites some deeper analysis of some things that we were gonna talk about anyway. So uh, as we cover the news, we're going to do some deep dives into some uh, D&D business topics, some D&D design topics, and sort of meld the two together. Does that sound good?
1: That sounds awesome.
0: All right. So to start right off, let's talk about your Kickstarter, uh, the sure. Lazy DM's Companion. It's only been up for for a few days now, and it's doing very well. Uh, I've, I just backed it. So well, I want to hear. I want to hear what I'm getting. Like I sure. want to hear where my gaming dollars are going.
1: Excellent. I'm 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 eager to give you high value for your for your gaming dollar. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is the third of the uh, Lazy DM book series. It's actually technically the fourth, but we're going to say it's the third, uh, which really includes Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, the Lazy DM's Workbook, and now the Lazy DM's Companion. And uh, all of these books work together to help DMs run better. 5e games or better, better RPGs overall. Uh, and we can, we could talk more about like how 5e are they and how, how much they, do they serve other RPGs? And the answer is they serve other RPGs very well. I, I, kind of intend for them to serve other fantasy RPGs, uh, very well. So, uh, where return was a book that offered a, some philosophy and advice for a structure, uh, for, for preparing your game. Uh, and then offering thoughts on preparing your game, running your game, and thinking about your game. Uh, the workbook really sat there at your table when you're running a game to kind of improv- uh, help you improvise during the game, give you mm-hmm. charts and tables and tools to help you improvise as the game goes in all the weird directions that our games tend to go in. The companion is really there to sit with you when you're actually thinking about your game, building your campaigns, building your adventures, and uh, trying to shake yourself out of the groove uh, when you're thinking about where your game is going to go, so it really breaks this down into two different kinds of things: um, guidelines which help streamline running 5e, things that make it easier to run 5e, things that can take a lot of the workload off of you uh, when you're running your 5e games, and also let you expand the kinds of stories that you can share with your friends when you're when you're running your games, and uh, adventure generators, so adventure and campaign generators, which are sets of random tables. Uh, intended to help you build out all sorts of different components of your campaign. Everything from a specific adventure you're running right now to larger campaigns to things like weird, w- weird cults and weird gods, all kinds of generators for stuff like that, uh, all with the intent of, of sort of grabbing you and shaking you and getting you to think differently about, about the game that you've got. So uh, The Companion is going to be a 64-page softcover book, PDF and softcover book, and uh, we'll, sit, we'll sit very well with the other two.
0: Awesome. Uh, So to sort of get to a question that you prompted, what's 5e and what's not? Uh, How deep into 5e mechanics do you get with some of the
1: the content? So pretty, I would say pretty light. Uh, Most, so almost, I think all of Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master is... Uh, uh, agnostic for uh, generally for fantasy RPGs. So it can work with all RPGs. I know people that have used it for Star Wars. I know people that have used it for all kinds of different games and different genres. Um, But I still had fantasy RPGs in mind when when I wrote that one. The workbook is probably the most 5e specific and it's about... 25 percent 5e 20 25 percent 5e stuff and then the other 75 percent are like uh, uh adventure locations and random tables that you can use to generate things for any kind of game and and uh, and, and then the la- the lazy dm's companion is probably about 15 percent uh f- focused on 5e and mostly in those guidelines like you know another take on uh how to do how to set up encounter how to do encounter balance or how to run hordes there's there's a few that are specific for um there's a few that are specific for 5e, but the the majority of that book could be used with any fantasy game. And one thing that I try to think about to try to to try to help keep those these books sort of robust over the long time is say if I handed this back to myself in the 90s, how happy would I be with with this book? And if the answer is pretty happy, then I think that it's a pretty robust book and should hopefully continue to survive into the future as we as we look at new versions of the game and new 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 takes on the game and stuff like that. So Uh, So I think I, you know, I, I'm, I think about it a lot and I, and I, I've worked pretty hard on the books to make sure that it would be useful for lots of different RPGs and useful for lots of different versions of, of D&D. Nice.
0: Uh, So would you say this is a little bit more for more experienced DMs or still good for beginning
1: DMs? So Return, uh, so I found this out when I wrote the original Lazy Dungeon Masters. I intended it for more experienced DMs. And then I had many, many new DMs come to me and say, you know, it worked just as well for me being inexperienced. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Like nice. that was unexpected. So then I paid more attention to that when I wrote Return. And I've gotten lots of new people who have read Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. And it's gotten them off on the right foot uh, early early on in their in their in their DMing. And I don't, I, I think there's probably some advanced topics, but the, the the fact that it's a lazy guide, right? The fact mm-hmm. that this is really intended for to make it as easy as possible to run games means that it makes it easier for people who are just starting out to run games. So I, I don't, I, there's not like incredibly detailed subsystems. There's not super in-depth stuff. You know, there's, there's I, I, I would, I mean, it's hard to say having played d d so long to be a hundred percent sure of this, but I know that when I was looking at it, Uh, I don't think that there's anything so advanced that, that somebody who's new to it would have trouble. Obviously it expects that, you know, the basic rules of the game that you already know how to run a role-playing game. Maybe you've run a handful of games, you know, two or three games. Um, but I think once you've got the basics of the game and the understanding of the game and your next question is, okay, well, how am I supposed to prepare or what can I get to help me to prepare? Then, then you can start to do this. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, so with, when this show drops, there'll be about two weeks left, uh, in the Kickstarter you're already at 6,500 backers. Uh, how how does this compare to your expectations, and how does it compare to your previous uh, your previous exploits?
1: Well, so it's it's closing in very quickly, and having more backers than the original Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master had. Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master was was you know blew my expectations out of the water. Right, I I, I wasn't I thought it was going to be a small black and white book. And uh, when I put it out and I got 6,700 backers for that, and that and that was really far more than I, than I thought and expected, which tells me that lots of people want this, you know, <laughs> lots of people want this kind of help. Yeah. And um, so we're just about to cross over that, uh, I think, you know, about yeah. halfway through the campaign. I think we're going to hit, we're going to hit that. Nice. Uh, it has definitely blown away my expectations. I, I, I had no idea that it was going to be, I mean, when I had 6,500 on a previous one, I said, okay, well, maybe 5,000 is possible. Right, Right. like I don't know if I'll get everybody that I got with the old one, Um, you know. So we'll see. Uh, But the main thing that I've been focusing on is just like you know trying to make the book great. So I'm I'm really happy the Kickstarter is doing as well as it's doing. That makes me really excited. And now all of my thoughts and energy is about great. Now I've I I want to make sure to put a good book into people's hands. Right. That's that's what's most important. Awesome.
0: Uh, Before we move on, is there anything else that you want to mention about
1: the Kickstarter? I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really I'm really excited for it. And uh, I, yeah, I'm blown away. I'm blown away by the support. Yep. Um, I've got a couple of Q&A videos on YouTube that I did uh, to to kind of answer a lot of questions about how this Kickstarter works. I guess there's there's one other aspect to it, uh, which I didn't mention, which is that this is the first time that we are doing a full print run of all three books. Uh, so it's the first time that you can get a hardcover version of Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master that's that's gone through offset printing. Uh we're doing a spiral bound version of the lazy DM's workbook so that it actually sits flat on your table when you're running your game. Real easy to use. I, I've I've actually recommended people take the glue bound one, take it to like a like a Kinkos and and spiral bound it there. And I have a couple that I've done that way and it's so much more usable that way. I've I've been working with the printer to say this is the way the book ought to be. Uh, and then that soft cover book. So yeah, the the the, the top end the top end pledge on the Kickstarter is to get all three books in print shipped to your door, uh, with, um, uh, you know, with PDFs and everything else of, of all the material underneath.
0: Excellent. So I wanted to move on to another Kickstarter that's in the news right now to sort of go, both compare, you know, how the Kickstarter of yours is, is and theirs is going as well as get into some more topics. And that Kickstarter is EN world's level up yeah. advanced 5e <laughs> Kickstarter. Uh, So with that, you are getting a whole new version of 5e, basically. They are calling it the the advanced 5e game. Uh, So with that Kickstarter, you get a core set, which includes three books, as you might expect. The Adventurer's Guide, i.e. the Player's Handbook. Um, Trials and Treasure, i.e. the Dungeon Master's Guide. And then the Monstrous Menagerie, uh, i.e. the Monster Manual. Right. And they also have two more books that you can get, uh, as, as extensions, uh, a world book setting, and then a, uh, book of legendary heroes and villains called mythological figures and Maleficent monsters. So it is, uh, quite an ambitious project. Let's say, uh, lots of people working on it, lots of, lots of new stuff. And when this Kickstarter first started, it, it's only a few days old at this point, uh, I thought, oh boy, this is going to go gangbusters, and it's it's got twenty five hundred backers, uh, and it's a, at around four hundred thousand dollars with twenty five days to go, which is you know which is really really good. Yeah, but I'm actually surprised it's not doing better, uh, and uh, so you know the content of the Kickstarter aside, which we won't know about until we actually see the books. Uh, I I want to get into a topic of what do D D fans want? <laughs> do they want an advanced five E? Because this is going to go into a direct discussion on five point five or a new version right. of D D that they discussed, right. and we, you know we're all speculating what's it going to be. So I am out there looking for signs of what do people want, what's going to sell well,
1: yeah.
0: and for me, with only twenty five to say only twenty five hundred backers seems ridiculous because. To, you know five even three years ago we would have said oh that's awesome mm-hmm. now i'm like you know is it that awesome and why isn't it better because yen world is huge in the D world right you know there's there's lots and lots and lots of uh you know subscribers to yen to world and uh you know morris does a great job of running his his media empire if you will right uh so I'm just I'm wondering if people are waiting, I'm wondering if they just don't want to spend so much right now. What, what, what's your take on this?
1: I mean, price is definitely a factor, right? I think it's not yeah. it's not a cheap pledge to just get the digital versions of the book. Um, right. I, I can't remember if, exactly what it is, but I, I backed it because I'm very interested in it. Yeah. And and I remember going like, huh, that's that's kind of a lot, right, for a big pile of PDFs. And of course, it's not a lot when you think it's three big core books, right? right? And they've already shown the design and everything like that. So um, I don't know to answer your question of like, what do D and D players want? I don't know, right? <laughs> I don't know that yeah. anybody knows, right? We're all we're all trying lots of things. And uh, so it, it's it's tough to tell. Uh, I'm actually really excited uh, for for Level Up Five E. Uh, I think they've they've done some things with the design that I'm that I'm really um, uh, I, I think is really fascinating. Which is that like all of the books and all of the material is all backward compatible with Five E. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to play just this. It's not an entirely new RPG. You can play it as an entirely new RPG. It's complete. But if you just want monsters, right? Like I, I look at it and it's like, though they got the, the fellow from Blog of Holding to do all the monster design for this. And he's, he clearly knows what he's doing. I've been following Blog of Holding for a while. Yeah. And um, so I'm very interested to be like, oh, well, a whole different take on the 5e monsters that I can use. And if I like their vampire better than I like Watsy's vampire, I have another vampire I can use. And I don't have to use anything else, right? I could just use the vampire, Um, I, I, you know, they said that classes from level up will be able to play side by side with classes from 5e, right? In the same game. And like, that's pretty cool, right? That's, that's an interesting idea. So then it's almost like getting a, you know, is it like getting another Tasha's kind of right? Like you're getting a whole book of subclasses that can sit on the side and, and play right next to your 5e stuff. So, so that's pretty neat. They have new takes on spells. Like I'm, you know, my my big canary in the coal mine is ah, I wonder what they did with Heroes Feast, right? Like is yeah. Heroes Feast still completely immunity to poison, or did they fix that? Right? So, you know, it fix according to my point of view, right? Like, sure. I think it needs fixing. Everyone else seems to think it's perfectly fine. So, um, so I think it's fascinating from that way as as to why. It, so I, I don't I don't know how come more people aren't into it. It may be a big commitment. It may be that people aren't getting their full heads around exactly what it is maybe they don't want it right <laughs> maybe yeah. they're like i'm happy with 5e um i do i do speculate uh I, i've i've talked about this on other shows before that like are we have you know it's like immortal joe are you know do not become addicted to water and it's like <laughs> are we addicted to D beyond Right, is D and D Beyond the tool so pervasive now that if it's in Beyond I use it, if it's not in Beyond I don't? And is that severely limiting the hobby? Because there's so much good material out there that isn't on D and D Beyond, that is yeah. very useful. Kobold Press and Monty Cook Games and Two C Gaming and Nord and all these other companies. Uh, uh, it was a little outfit I think called Ghostfire that I think <laughs> is making some stuff. I'm not so sure. So you know, all these third party publishers are putting out tremendous stuff, but is the is, has D and D Beyond become this like critical requirement that limits everything else? Yeah. I don't know. On the other hand, it's like, well, you look at Level Up 5e, and then you look at Tenarius, Tenarius Yeah, right? right, yeah. And Tenarius, I don't know how many backers it had, but it was a ton. And they're like, that's yeah. a setting book. And like, I, I again, I backed it because I back everything. But you're still like, huh, that's interesting that that many people were interested in a 5E, a 5e setting book. Right. That seemed to be more than an entirely new take on 5e itself. So I don't know. And the, the long, the short answer to that very long diatribe was, huh. I don't know,
0: right? And 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 that's that's what's fun about the speculation is we don't know, <laughs> and every little bit of data. You know, you being a completely data-driven,
1: not uh, person. not completely. I have plenty of emotions. <laughs> oh sure,
0: but you know, you, when you hear something, your first reaction is show me the data,
1: right? Yeah, a little bit, or like yeah. I wonder whatever. I wonder if what everyone's thinking, right? Like, right. yeah. There's a lot of us, and my opinion is not the opinion of you know the five, the ten million people playing D and D or whatever. It for
0: is. sure, for sure, but it it is um, some of them, and yeah. so that's why every little bit of data that comes out, you know, adds one more voice, if you will, to the conversation and one right. more does this, data does point. This,
1: uh, yeah, does to, this change to, the conversation over at MCDM? Right, like MCDM. You know, Mon, uh, um, Matt Colville has talked on publicly about his sure. thoughts on designing an RPG. Right. And if he looks at this and goes, wow, you know, like, let's say, let's say Level Up gets 6,000 backers. He goes, is that going to be enough? Like, he's running a company with full time employees. Sure. Is that going to be, you know, if I if my big thing is putting out a new RPG, but other people already have and they didn't do right. as well? And,
0: yeah. And, does and does some that of that is. Cal- I,
1: I'm guessing knowing Matt Colville, it doesn't change his calculus <laughs> at all. But, <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, you know, if you are in charge of a company where you do have employees, you know, who's, Livings depend on your decisions. It, it behooves you, I think, to at least pay a little bit of attention to these things.
1: Right. And, yeah.
0: And, and it is tough. And you know, there are other factors involved, obviously. Right. There's advertising. Yep. There's in in some instances there's the design. You know. Yep. Is the design something that that gamers care about?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. There's or, a or weird... is, it, is it just the hype?
1: Yeah, there's a weird thing with Kickstarter too that I haven't figured out, where some Kickstarters are getting like an entire order of magnitude more attention than others. Right. And I, you know, I'm I'm running my Kickstarter right now, and I've I've been working with an external group to do marketing for it, so I can kind of see what the impact of sort of a a, a true professional marketing team can do. And it's not a 10x difference, <laughs> right? right? It's not a order of magnitude. So there's something else going on that's able to take some. Are you know some some uh products like Tenarius and 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 give them this 10x boost over another? And it may and that may not be content, right? It may not be the content or the design, it it could be some other factor that has yet I have I have yet to be able to to pin down. Yeah, and then you looking at this a lot,
0: right? And then you look at something like the Avatar Kickstarter, uh, which yeah, that's a little
1: more predictable, though, right? Like it's such a huge brand, it's such a huge. Yeah. You know, it's got such a huge name. I'm not I'm not surprised by that one as much no, I, as I'm surprised I, by like Tenarius.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised by it. I, I guess I'm surprised, you know, being the game designer, I'm like, okay, that's running on a powered by the apocalypse. Yeah, right.
1: yeah it's the most and, popular powered by the apocalypse game ever, perhaps.
0: Right. Yeah. But but is it?
1: <laughs> you Pop, know, will yeah, it, maybe will
0: will will it actually be played by yeah. uh, I've even, got, a, I've got... even a tenth of the people that bought it. <sighs>
1: Oh, that's a good – yeah, that's a whole other factor. Does anybody actually use the stuff they buy on Kickstarter? According to my data, no, (laughs) because I buy everything, and I only play D&D, so.
0: Right. According to the uh, the (laughs) The data data, of one – Data point – one data point – Kickstarter, uh,
1: (laughs) I do have like a, another little like data driven thing, which is when my friend Ben calls me up and talks about it, that means it's really hit mainstream because my friend Ben's not a D and D guy. He's a board gamer, but he watches it. And every so often he'll call up and be like, I'm thinking of back in this airbender thing. What do you think of it? And I'm like, wow. When my friend Ben is calling me to talk about a power by the (laughs) apocalypse game, that means power by the apocalypse has hit a different level than, than anything else. Like he, he hardly ever does it. It was like this. And it was like, you know, two other games yeah and and and
0: then i mean we could even get into kickstarter itself as as sort of its own special uh butterfly of people buying it just because it's on kickstarter the same yeah. book that you know if they walked past it in a game store would they would ignore completely but since it's on kickstarter they're buying it so that's that's a yep. whole other sort of marketing part of the industry that that we could go into but we've got so much news yeah let's um, keep going <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll keep going uh this this little thing called Unearthed Arcana: Travelers of the Multiverse dropped.
1: Yeah, uh, that was so, kind of a quiet. That's kind of a quiet news item, really, right?
0: Y- well, very, quiet. very yeah, yeah, very quiet. I,
1: everybody, everybody engaged in quiet introspection. That was, yes, my, that's, what that's, I, what that's what it what was. I Nobody it was. lost their collective minds about this.
0: It's it's like the movie Airplane when they say assume crash position. Assume <laughs> crash. Uh, ah! And the, the whole the whole D and D interwebs just were like throwing themselves over the, the yeah. backs of, of their chairs. Yeah. Right. right. Oh. But uh so <laughs> In case you you may have missed it, obviously Wizards of the Coast puts out this unearthed arcana article frequently where they put new rules into uh into the hands of the players to to look at. And this one specifically caught people's interest because of what the content was, which were a bunch of races. Those races included the astral elf, the auto gnome, who is a mechanical gnome, uh, the GIF, the Hadazi. The plasmoid and the thricrine. And for those of us who have been around for a bit, we instantly recognized many, many of those races as something that we've seen before in a little project called Spelljammer.
1: Well, one correction. Is it GIF or JIF? I always say GIF, but that's just me. I'm just I'm just trying to see if we can drive another little piece of yes. the um, internet crazy.
0: Yes. Choosy mothers choose gif um, and i will probably say it both ways throughout the rest of this uh talk now that you've got me thinking about it
1: <laughs> it's actually in the unearthed arcana it says that the, the gif themselves are fighting over whether it's pronounced gif or GIF. exactly exactly
0: <laughs> as as it should be now right. that's brilliant design right there that was so that hats. was
1: some yeah that's some meta that's some metafiction, fiction right there
0: hats off to the designer who added that
1: yeah uh, so
0: you know, reactions to this were obviously strong uh right off the bat. Uh, in, in terms of Spelljammer confirmed, Uh then there was the well, Thrycreen's from yeah, from Dark Sun, uh, Dark Sun yeah. so Dark Sun might be coming. After which, we had to point out that Thrycreen existed long before yeah, I mean, Dark Sun came out. So, right. so overall thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean, cool. You know, I I like to just kind of ride these waves, right? Like I'm. I'm happy and I'm kind of just interested to see what people do with this stuff I'm interested to see what the what products come out i don't I try not to get too bent out of shape about you know what happens but i'm but I'm interested in it too and uh, you know i i i I probably spend more time reading reactions on Reddit than I do on Twitter these days and uh, I read a reddit post today uh that talked about kind of their angst uh about this stuff, which was mostly like they're they're just not digging the lack of of attribute bonuses that are applied to all these new races hmm. and uh particularly the new thing that like the descriptions of this and I'm I'm probably butchering this but essentially the descriptions of of creatures can be anywhere in the humanoid range right they they don't they don't offer a physical description anymore it's like well it's you know it's kind of whatever you want it to be, and you're like, yeah. well, if it's whatever I want it to be, then why is it called a GIF? You know, why is right. it? Like, I I thought they were hippo people, right? Like, right. I would assume hippo people have an average weight, right? Yeah. So, so that that you know, they kind of get so. There's a lot of like angst about that part of it. There's a lot of the spelljammer confirmed. Yeah. Uh, there's the a lot of nitpicking about various mechanical effects or the lack thereof, right? Is this are right. these too overpowered? Are they too weak? You know, what does all that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that, that's, I, I love to focus on that, but not in an Arthrakana article, because that's why they put them out. Uh, They're Yeah, tests. to so, test them. Right. So I, I'm generally good. I mean, I can get down into the nitty gritty and discuss certain things, like yeah. what, what it does to give a character two extra arms. Uh, right. <laughs> and, and how you can then wrap yourself in, into a knot, trying to make it so that doesn't matter as much as it might. And then yeah, it the, always ends yeah. up mattering in some way. Anyway. Right?
1: There's some, and there's always a trick with the unearthed arcana's because in some circumstances, you're like, well, th- I can only complain about what you showed me. So the argument of like, well, this probably don't be too upset because this is only an unearthed arcana; it may not show up in the new book. And you're like, yeah, but I don't know what's going to show up in the new book, but I do know what they said here. And then there's the opposite, which is you might be good with what they put out in unearthed arcana, and then they put it out for real, and now you hate it, right? And right. I forget there was there was some big change. What was there was some recent change. Uh, there was a race that came out in Unearthed Arcana, and then when it was published, everybody was like, "Oh, I, I was a Warforge, right?" So the, when oh, the okay. Warforge came out, uh, I think the Warforge in Unearthed Arcana had some armor bonus that they ended up not giving to the Warforged that were published in Eberron, right. and people people were kind of got got bent about that. Right. And and for me, like I think I've seen it more. So like I know when they they did the Twilight, you know, my favorite you know my favorite class that i love to talk about <laughs> is twilight cleric and i remember like they actually put out the twilight cleric and it was it was still like a little like really you're going to give 10 hit points every every turn every round right. like that's a lot of temp and then but it was a low amount it was like just like a d6 and then they increased it to like a d6 plus level after publication and you're like well what's the good of doing a playtest <laughs> if you're going to like increase it by an order of magnitude an order of magnitude but significantly right. increase it and then publish it and we never even saw it that way yeah. So it's real hard to figure out what to do with Unearthed Arcana, other than like you might as well take it on its face value and tell them what you think.
0: Right. right? Yeah. I mean that that's technically why they're putting it out. Right. And
1: like, don't and, don't play don't play 4D chess with it. Just right. Tell them how you feel. Yeah.
0: And you know, in some ways, the Unearthed Arcana is is marketing, uh, sure. but in some yeah. ways, it's it's sort of inviting vitriol before um, you really need to. Uh, you know, because if people don't, if people hate spell jam yeah, and people, you know, want more basic stuff, <laughs> right. uh, you know, then they're going to just be outraged yeah. early. So a lot, you know, right. a lot of
1: people, a, a lot of people, in my opinion, yeah, Mike Shay's opinion here. Uh, a lot of people put too much weight on what Wizards does and, and as as determining the, how it affects D&D. When the right. reality is Jeremy Crawford's not coming to your home to take your take your player's handbook from you. Right, like the game, they're doing lots of different things in the future. They're they're trying lots of things. I guarantee you, you're going to like some of them, and you're going to hate other parts mm-hmm. of it. Right? That's that's the way it's going to be. But you get to decide what D and D is to you. You get to decide, right. like, are you going to play zero E D and D? Right? There's people who play zero E D and a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so it's very interesting to see what they're going to go. But sometimes we overweight, you know, we overweight what they're doing and how yeah. it's going to actually affect us.
0: Right, and the corollary to that is totally discounting anything that's not Wizards produced D anD. d Yeah,
1: right.
0: Uh, which you know there is there is definitely third party stuff out there yeah. that's probably not very strong, but there's also third party stuff right. out there.
1: I lost you for a sec, but n- now you're back. All
0: right. So cool. So the the one thing I wanted to mention about this is the creature type. Yeah, uh, because that does. Yeah, that really, has, that has some reach...
1: big effects. Yeah
0: way down into the actual rules. And and they admit it, you know, right in the one say, for example, the text of Cure Wound specifically says that a spell doesn't work on a creature that has the construct type, which is the autonome. It's yeah. not humanoid construct, it's just construct. Uh and so to me that adds a level of complexity to not only rules going forward but the rules that have already been published. Yep. That make yep. the game a little bit more yeah charm tricky. person hold monster, yeah. you know,
1: hold person charm person all the ones that you know are humanoid based Target, what, that, yeah. what does that do yeah i don't know yeah i'm I'm curious and and I, I, there's there's kind of like a, a freeing refreshing thing about just being the gazelle in the middle of the herd that you're like other people are going to figure this out right other people are, you know i don't i don't have to figure it out like you know, half the internet's going to go ahead and tell them about their mistake because they, they like doing that. And 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 they might have another thought in mind, right? Yeah. So, yeah, curious.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, and that makes the autonome interesting because one of its specific abilities then is to be able to get a mending spell cast upon it. And you can roll a hit die as if you were taking a, a short rest.
1: Yeah, that is interesting,
0: right? So, yeah, you know, and... It's not bad. It's not good. It just is what it is, mm-hmm. and may or may not fit well into your your game, your way of playing. Mm-hmm. So it's just you know, it's it's an interesting uh, interesting thing to see. Yeah, put put in front of of playtesters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, anything else on that topic the, not, of the Unearthed I, not, Arcana?
1: Not for me, I don't think.
0: Awesome. Well then let's get let's get right to monsters because yeah, th- there monsters. was an article put out on the wizards website from Jeremy Crawford I believe that talked about the new stat block design for monsters and me being neck deep in the middle of monsters for ghostfire yeah. uh you know my my ears perked up at this and of course the first question i got from our uh you know customer support folks was people are asking if this if the monster book is going to be the new or the old stat block so what's
1: the answer sean
0: the answer is we are so far along in this process no i I i'm
1: not sure that that's the wrong answer time to start over man yeah, I need to start right from the beginning <laughs> Start for, of these 400-plus monsters. Well, I have, I have good and news for you. Even Watsy isn't following their own guidance uh, when we talk about the Minx and Boo guide. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's,
0: it's true. So uh, this article is up on the Wizards website. It's called Creature Evolutions, and it does two things. I just wanted to talk about the, the monster stat block because it also talks about um, new race design, which they sort of then put into effect in the unearthed arcana so we've already covered part of it but just to focus on uh on the monster stat block uh so the first thing they're doing is changing creature type to always be capitalized and this is just sort of an editorial thing because you don't want to say something is giant and then get it confused with actually being a giant so uh yeah that's it's a small editorial thing to most Mm -hmm. people. But it, it's a uh, it's a pretty big thing in terms of <laughs> formatting. If you, I'm sure, I'm sure monsters.
1: our friend Scott Gray has okay. like is super in depth on this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like... <laughs> yep. And and then monsters do
0: sort of a similar thing to uh, what what we just talked about with the the races from Unearthed Arcana is fewer monsters are now going to get the humanoid type. Uh, because they aren't really humanoids. Hmm. So a lot of former humanoids are now going to be called monstrosities or Fae or some other
1: type, which is, which is fine. Are they nerfing a a whole swath of spells? Exactly. And and, and it's funny because I have a, I have a player in one of my, in my Sunday Frostmaiden game, uh, who's a ranger that has charm person. And every Mm -hmm. time they come up against any kind of monster, he's like, if he could be churned, he could be a very a, a powerful ally. And then, and I'll say like, you're not sure that charm monster is going to work on this gray ooze. And he's like, I yeah. tried charm person on the gray ooze, right. and you're like, no, yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. he, he burns a lot of spells that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so I feel yeah. bad. He's going to have less monsters that are affected by him.
0: even even fewer monsters will now become the thrall of the party, yeah. which is probably not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah. the uh the uh, another change is alignment so before monsters were given a set alignment even though they were just talking about you know orcs rather than a specific orc so now what they're doing is changing the way alignment works so if you're talking about an individual unique creature they will have a defined alignment right generic humanoids will have any alignment because the dm can run that monster any way it wants it can have its own thoughts and fears and and moral compass and and all that and then magical creatures that have a strong moral inclination like angels and demons and devils will be assigned the typically Mm
1: -hmm. alignment
0: so it's typically chaotic evil for demons say and the typically is put there they say to remind the dm that although these creatures generally have an alignment Uh, it doesn't have to have an individual creature does not have to have that alignment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then members of certain organizations will also get that typically. So, you know, a very strong knighthood that has lots of paladins will say typically lawful good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then creatures like beasts or oozes that are incapable of moral discernment or, or people (laughs) incapable of moral discernment will uh, lack an alignment and be termed unaligned. Right, uh, and uh, I have thoughts, but i yeah, I want you to hear wrote in our first.
1: you wrote in our notes there's the only part where you wrote like a bunch of high capital letters and yeah. fifteen question marks, so you have feelings on it, i'm sure um i'm I you know it's another one like no one asked my opinion, but I'm good with it, right like yeah. i I think re- i was I was sad about the complete removal of alignment, which they had tried out in uh I can't remember it was frost Maiden. And I think in uh, Van Richten's guide, I don't think I think both of those didn't have alignment. And I, I missed it, right? Like I got I got that it that it promoted this sort of other kind of stereotyping, right? Where like, you know, you'd look in the goblin and goblin was, you know, chaotic evil, and you're like, really, every single one of them? Right? Not one of them follows any kind of code. And and so I I I got what the problem was, but I thought that just removing it also took away what could have been a nice Clean two-word role-playing prompt uh, mm. for a DM, right? So I'm so I'm happy they brought it back. I think the uh, I think the idea of uh, um, what does it say? Uh, typically, that's a lot of that's a lot of the word typically, right? Like, you know, how many times are we going to see the word typically across the new monster manual? Quite yeah. quite a lot, right? And it's like, yeah. do we really need it? Because it was already written into the monster manual. Hey, by the way, right. the alignment is for the typical version of the monster. Yeah. Do we need that other prompting? So much, but on the hand, it's like, well, there's, it's not like they're eating up space from something else. Yeah. I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. And then, and then I'll let you speak to unaligned. Well, I I'm, I'm going to go
0: back to what you said. And you said, it's a nice, clean role-playing prompt. Uh, I disagree yeah. with everything there. I don't mm-hmm. think it's nice. I don't think it's clean. I don't nice. think it's role-playing and I don't necessarily think it's a problem. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it has so much baggage and, you know from from previous editions i think the terms themselves are ill-defined and misunderstood Hmm. by people and i think they mean different things to different people and more arguments that i've had over the years uh more than almost anything else has been about alignment huh And, and it's it's fun for you know the the little memes of you know how you fold your toilet paper is lawful good <laughs> versus chaotic good, you know. And it's it's fun, and it's you know it's it's sort of a, a funny or fun thing to debate. Mm-hmm. But you don't want something that's fun to debate in acting as a role playing prompt. Hmm. And and I, I I know why it's there because it's always been there and when you get rid of something that's always been there, you're going to get pushback. Mm-hmm. But I think there's so much better ways to do certain things than just have these two words that practically mean nothing because they mean so many different things.
1: Yeah, I uh, guess, I guess one interesting angle on it is it, even if you have 30 DMS and all 30 DMS think about what, neutral evil means differently from one another. That's okay because there are 30 different DMs with 30 different groups and whatever it means to them might be meaningful enough. That doesn't have to, you know, it's one thing if like you've got 30 DMs and they all have to agree, but I don't think we have to agree, right? Like right. you and I, but but I also think back to like this great picture from, I, I, I don't know which one of the older uh, books had it, but it was about the lower planes and it showed demons and devils fighting and it showed this just complete a you know, horde of demons coming in on one side, and these regimented devils on the other, all set up in a row. And I was like, right. "That's such a perfect example of chaotic versus lawful evil, <laughs> right?" In this picture, yeah. right? And and I think that that kind of thing, you know, I, I I don't know, I I I you know, I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself. And when I see the alignment of a creature, and it's fitting somewhere in the nine in the nine box grid, I guess it's a ten box grid, right? Because we have on the line in there somewhere. Sure. Um, it, it, you know, it it gives me a it gives me a very quick prompt and a quick clue about how this creature operates in the world. So yeah, yeah, I,
0: I agree that thirty different DMs may have thirty different opinions, and they can do what they want in their own world. But those thirty different DMs also have one hundred and fifty different players, sure, who also have their own ideas. Yes, and so when the you know when the when the chaotic good creature does something that's chaotic
1: but they but don't not know good. They're not reading the monster manual. Uh, you, you, yeah, uh, maybe then they're maybe out. The, you read the monster manual. You're out. <laughs> maybe
0: the DMS, that you, <laughs> yeah. maybe the players that you played with aren't DMS as no, well. Mine are all DMS. <laughs> oh, you know, so it's just, yeah, it's, this is one of those things where I would just yeah. love for them to get rid of alignment altogether. Yeah. And just in the monster description. Well, well hooray, what the, hooray yeah, for what my the, side then. Yeah. <laughs> exactly you, you win uh, Yay. another thing they're adding or uh, discussing in this article is tags so occasionally yes. a creature will have elf or goblinoid or titan or something like that that identifies an important detail uh about the about the monster they're going to be introducing new tags uh some which will be a reference to the rules showing fresh ways for creatures to interact with the game system uh some creatures may have a tag that's a spellcasting class, like Druid or, or Cleric. Uh, and the monsters of the multiverse will include rules to that say what such tags mean. Hmm. Um, and I, I'm waiting to see this in action. Yeah,
1: um,
0: right. It's, it's adding, a, again, you're adding more complication. So even right. as you try to make a simpler, more streamlined stat block, you're adding things that need to be referenced outside the stat block, which is the whole reason you got rid of the spell list in the first place. So it's like, are you trading, you know, one complication for another?
1: Right. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be tricky. Gonna okay. be tricky to see how that. They, it also be tricky. It's like, again, how does it how does it play back with all of the monsters that you have from the past, right? Like, mm-hmm. if there's a whole kind of new system around these tags and how things operate with these tags, well, how does that apply to monsters that don't have them? You know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah,
0: cool. Uh, so we have also they're going to add proficiency bonus to a stat block that sort of makes I think sense. They've been
1: doing that. They've been doing that for a while. Yeah,
0: it's been. They're going to separate separate out bonus actions into their own sections. So we already have the reaction section and the action section. Now we're going to have the bonus action section, uh, which it makes sense to me. Uh, Just make it easier for DMs to, to figure out their action economy for their creatures. I don't have a problem with that.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds cool. That's fine. Anything to make it easier to run.
0: And then in spell casting, uh, they are going to, this is the one that got the most. This is the big one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, for for me, it's not necessarily the big one, but for a lot of people, it is, yeah. uh, because rather than just having a simple, well, just than having merely having a spell list, yeah, uh, it's, they it's are it's going simple to exactly right. pull out spells that. My take is they're pulling out spells that get the most attention, that are the most powerful ones that the monster or the creature has, and they're going to make them separate actions all for themselves. And the first and rightful response was, "Well, what about counterspell?" Because <laughs> I don't know if Wizards of the coast is is aware of this, but counterspell is a very powerful and divisive and um, I don't know, much used spell in a lot of games. <laughs> so taking that option away from players uh, gets their gets their ire up pretty quickly. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> and, and Your response, you're yes, playing the tiny violin. Uh, your response is the same as mine, which is
1: I hate uh, counterspell. Yeah, I, I I don't like counterspell. <laughs> it's like no one much. likes it. Yeah. You know, anybody that says like, oh, you're taking away counterspell. Great, I'm going to counterspell you all the time. Do you like that? No, I hate it. Okay, well then, right. now you know how I feel, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like it's it, yeah, it's
0: it's it's very powerful, and so if people are saying, well, if the action doesn't necessarily say it's specifically a spell then will will or won't counter spell work on it and you know that became sort of the the big rallying cry of right. the anti sure. action and like what level does it count as
1: right like some of these yeah. are like unique unique things that are called a spell but we don't know what level they are That's so the how does spell work yeah yeah i have yeah. a feeling they're going to address this right oh, i have a feeling sure. we're going to see something about it yeah. Um but yeah, I just you know, counterspell drives me bananas anyway, right? And 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 I can tell you any player that loves counterspell, great, I'm gonna counterspell you all the time. How do you feel? Oh, I hate it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> all right now, so
0: the only spells that will be left in a spell list will be sort of the non combat spells.
1: Right, the utilities, and, yeah.
0: And any bonus action spells like Misty Sep or Shield will be moved into the bonus action. I'm sorry. Yeah, the reaction or the bonus action uh, blocks yeah. areas instead.
1: Yeah, and the other so. thing, and I, 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 I think did I hear you and Tails talk about this before? I can't remember. Um, is that like there's lots of uh, unique spells now, right? That we're, we're we saw I'm seeing this certainly in Wild Beyond the Witchlight that the the creatures, the spellcasting creatures, in Wild Beyond the Witchlight, not only are their spells broken out into actions. Uh, in many cases they are unique. We've never seen mm-hmm. that spell before and only they have it and it only works that way. Even though if you look at it it's like, well, it kinda it's kinda like a fireball, right? It's like a fireball, it's a little bit bigger than a normal fireball. And I think it does necrotic yeah. instead of fire. Right? Right. And and yeah. so is that what does that do when now you know, knowing fireball doesn't help you anymore? Yeah. You know, you, you gotta learn a whole new spell for every monster that you're running
0: and you know i'm okay with that as long as it's in the stat block Uh, as long as it spells it out because i think that's sort of the that's certainly
1: what they've been doing yeah
0: for me as a player i don't i want to be surprised i want weird and funny and cool things to happen even if i'm or the party's not the one doing it Mm -hmm. so so i want the fireball that goes off and not only does it do the fire damage but it pushes me 10 feet and knocks me prone uh, which you can do now with with that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, putting putting the action in, in the stat block rather than just as a spell. Uh, so I like that it opens up some more design options for monster designers mm-hmm. and gets to add some surprises for the players. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just me. Yep. Uh, any other thoughts on any of that as a whole?
1: I, I want so my, one last thought about Counterspell since we were on it, which is, um, uh... It, all of my nonsensory, you know, all of my 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 jerk reaction to counterspell. I, I recall that in the finale of the season one of Critical Role, counterspell had such an emotional impact that it it brought the it brought the players to tears uh, when a counterspell was cast because right. of the emotional impact it had to the story. So the counterspell can actually have a really big effect in a good way, in an interesting way, in a game. Even though I'm like, ah, it's lame, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. It, we'll see. It, we'll it, see how it, counterspell is treated from here on out. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's true. I mean, if I mean, you counterspell a raise dead or a revivify, yeah,
1: yeah, uh,
0: you know, that's that's yeah,
1: right. In that case, they 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 used they had to use a ninth level counterspell to stop uh, Vecna from teleporting, and that right. meant they couldn't resurrect a character they had planned to resurrect, yeah. and they stayed dead forever, <laughs> and then they literally sent two players into tears. Yeah. Um, have you seen the counterspell that's in level up five E going back? I have to not. Level up. They, I, they have a version of counterspell in there. It's got a lot of words in it. <laughs> I, I bet. I, and yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the short, the short of is when you are countered, you can then use your reaction to cast another spell, which was an interesting take. So I don't know. Just yeah. Back what what if you then something.
0: counterspell that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now I, got a, now I got a headache. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, eventually everyone runs out of reactions. <laughs> that's what yes. happens right? there's a no. limited number of reactions so. right and until you add the spell that lets you take a second reaction <laughs> oh, oh god yeah
0: exactly uh yeah. so so anyway yeah that's that's as, as far down the design rabbit holes we're gonna go uh for that right uh sort of switching over to the business side of things now there have been a ton of new job announcements for the D digital team um, on Twitter and on other social media, as well as on the Wizards of the Coast website, I don't—I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was more, at least fifty um, new jobs 50. being posted for digital D and D work for Wizards of the Coast. That's a lot of jobs.
1: That's a lot of. Jo- that's a lot of new people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and right. so, when you combine that with the announcement of a new version of D and D. When you combine that with the suggestion that some of the supplements and and worlds that are coming out are going to be in new and exciting
1: formats. (laughs) Well, can we yeah, I think both of those will be true. Right. They will be new and they will be exciting. Yes. So good is the question. One can now do
0: a lot of speculating (laughs) on sort of not only the business side of of (laughs) D, &D, but you know, what we consumers of the game have to look forward to. So we can speculate Forever, and I mean this gets into some really interesting topics. Like, okay, digital D and D. When you think digital D and D right now, yeah. what what comes to mind? What comes to mind for me is D and D Beyond, yeah, roll twenty and D&D and roll twenty Fantasy Grounds, yeah. you know all of yeah. all of that. Yeah. So, you know, with fifty plus new people, yeah. can you do a D and D Beyond? I don't know. Can you do a DM's <laughs> Guild? On a good your own. one. Can you do a, right, you know, a tabletop, a digital tabletop and how long would that take? Uh And boy, if, if that's what this digital, this new digital team of 50 plus people are going to be working on, you know, what does that mean for a new edition? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. So I, 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 I have this, I think, is this where we get into two old guys mispredict the future? Exactly. Is that the plan? Yeah. So make, make bad predictions. Um, I have one prediction. It's not a prediction, but I have one possible, you know, slice of the universe that I worry about. Like, I think it would be absolutely fine and fantastic for wizards to pour a lot of energy into making a really cool digital holding. I think they could shatter the marketplace. If in doing so, they either limit their licenses or pull back the licenses they've already granted to, D&D Beyond, to Roll20, to, uh, to to Fantasy Grounds, and to other groups that have already had those licenses. Because yeah. I, I can imagine a future where it's like, well, all of the books you currently own on D&D Beyond, they'll still be there, but any of the new books are not going to be there, right? And because it's called D&D Beyond, they still can't bring third-party publishers in there as well. Right. So now they have this you know, old and getting older set of books in there that you've already bought and already paid for. And, but if you want the new books, you're going to have to come over to our system. But if you come to our system and you want the old books, you're going to have to buy those again a third time. Cause you probably already bought the paper copy too. Yeah. And that's no one's going to put up with that. They like, you know, yeah. If they do that, And if they have the the hubris to think that like, well, we control the brand so we can control what we, we control the license and people will come to us. It's like, no, people will stop playing or they might, right? Like the, hence the false prediction. Maybe it works out and works out great, right? I think if they were really believed in themselves, they would continue to offer those licenses up to third parties and make their own and then let us decide which ones we want to use. Yeah. It's funny.
0: You you mentioned the word hubris and I think uh, Teos hiring have, 50
1: people is hubris.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> y- yes. Yeah. A, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> hubris. I mean, Teos and I have mentioned this many times, but we've both worked in sort of the corporate world, including, you know, like fortune 100 companies yep. and hubris and CEOs tend to go hand in
1: hand. Yep. Yep.
0: And so I wouldn't put anything past anyone thinking that they can do blank. And, you know, you know, control the market, quadruple the size of the player right. base, whatever. Yeah. Um, and the problem is people have that hubris in, in the corporate world because they are forced to buy shareholders. Yep. Right. We need to, Oh, yeah. we, we, yeah, doubled, grow- growth. Right. we growth, doubled growth. We doubled our growth. revenue last year. We should yeah. be quadrupling Doubling it, it next year. Yeah. Right. right. Why wouldn't we? Oh, look at all the money that yeah. licensees of ours are making. We could be making that money. so And there's no thought really given to the, the fallout from that, just, to, just like you're saying, right? Nobody's thinking, are we going to lose players because they've already paid for their books on World 20 right. or Fantasy Grounds or D&D right. Beyond? Um, and is the player base large enough that it doesn't matter, that we're going to get new players in? to, to replace those old players. So, you know, this is a question that comes up every edition yep. and almost every product of every edition, I mean,
1: you, you and I were there. Remember the hubris of fourth edition when it first came out, right? Yeah. Like we're going to take all those MMO people and bring them here. We're going to have a virtual tabletop. We're going to have your know, virtual character creation. We're going to have a whole digital presence, all this great yeah. stuff. And it's like, man, half of that never even happened.
0: Yeah. And, and not only that, the hubris of, yeah, the old game sucked,
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. I and mean, and I remember like I was in the audience at Gen Con when they announced it and they said like and this one we go to 30th level and the dude next to me immediately said this one goes to 11, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was right. Like, immediately the cynicism was like you guys are wrong. <laughs>
0: right. And and you don't have to deal with all the stupid grappling rules. Ha, right. ha ha. Yeah. Of of the game that we're <laughs> actually sp- still publishing right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's super interesting. There's a,
1: there's a, there's a lot, I'm sure like you've seen it too, where there's a lot of, I'm really good at this. Therefore, I must be also really good at these other things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, nothing about that stuff. So like saying like, well, you guys are really good at printing and shipping books around the world. Like they're pretty mm-hmm. good about that, right? Yeah. Like I get, I get books at my local game shop. They look really great, right? That doesn't mean you would know anything about building an online system and how many online systems have they tried to build? and had yeah. go nowhere. You know, yeah. we, we, I just, I I have to stop myself every day from just writing out Max on Twitter yep. all the time.
0: Yep. yep. For, for those of you who weren't around uh, in previous editions, many, many times digital tools have come out some, some okay. Mm-hmm. And some horrible, horrible failures.
1: Or some that were uh, terrible and took two years and then became pretty good.
0: You, right. I mean, it, we've seen the, the, uh, the sort of full role of different, successes and failures. Uh, and as they always say, and sort of the, the uh, lawyer ads past, you yeah, know, circumstances the past, the past don't, does not determine the future, yeah. future outcomes. Uh, so, you know, maybe they do now have the income, the attention of Hasbro and the resources that they can pull this off. Uh, you just, you never know until you see the final product. And, you know, making a new tabletop, making a new uh, D&D Beyond, making a new DMs Guild mm-hmm. will take time.
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll Without see. Them. And maybe, it, maybe it may, if they're just hiring them now, yeah, right, whatever their new product formats next year, that they're, that's not that, I don't think. Like, right. I don't think it can be that. Yeah. Um, the other one is I I I don't know if this is even on our list, but they apparently they are announcing a new product tomorrow. Oh really? Right? did you hear this? Yeah, I, I, I saw this like comic comicbook.com posted an article that said that there is a product that showed up on Amazon that says it's going to be announced on the twelfth. It's going to be announced tomorrow as their wow. first, first like I guess the first product after Monsters of the Multiverse in Okay. You know. And and, and you know, immediately everyone's saying like, Planescape and they're like, Well, wait a minute. I'm not sure it's Planescape the the UA just came out. I mean, maybe it's Planescape, you know, but who knows? So, you know, but it's not going to be a new virtual tabletop version of D&D because they haven't even hired 50 people yet. So in that case, it's like, well, that's far enough out in the future that we might get hit by an asteroid. So why worry about it? Right. Right.
0: But it would be in the realm of possibility for that 2024 new version of D&D. Yeah. But yeah,
1: yeah. I'm pretty confident they're still going to come out with paper versions of that. Right. And, and, and as long as they keep coming out with paper versions, they can kind of do whatever they want to do with digital as far as I'm concerned. Right. Like, True. you know.
0: Wow. Yeah. We've covered a lot of ground and we're only like halfway through <laughs> the, news, the news that we've, that we've put up this week. Uh, d- did you want to talk about one more thing? Uh, oh, dealer's man. choice about uh, dealers what choice. news item you want to
1: talk about. uh I'm I'm going through our big list here. Yeah, uh, we could talk about the gargantuan terrask. That's a nice. Okay. That's a nice closer. Uh yeah. Or or, or Min- Minsk and Boo. That either of those either of okay. those would be interesting. Well,
0: since it's a mini thing, we have to wait for Teos. Because uh, all right, know, te- yeah, Teos fair. is super mini man. So yep. we're we're going to talk about the new Baldur's. But, I mean, supplement. just
1: just because of that, I really want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to plug
0: my ears and go la 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 the whole time. <laughs> But yeah Minsk and boo's Journal yeah. of villainy yeah so a hundred and fifty page supplement yeah uh, with classic monster stat blocks high level villains and more author being james olin uh Watsi employee and the creator of the baldur's Gate games back in the day
1: yep, yep.
0: Uh, so now he runs the new archetype entertainment studio so this is sort of a a weird <laughs> weird thing yeah he uh, so, also
1: just just to make sure i understand he is he's also the one that wrote the Baldur's gate uh the recent Baldur's gate book that showed up on the dm's guild I correct. I what it was called um yeah. and uh also did odyssey of the dragon lords right yes so they have yeah, right yeah so a, so what
0: what happens is when you become a wizard employee you can't put things up on the dm's guild you can't make money off right. your your own products uh, so the people that have done
1: products- Yeah, Heroes of Baldur's Gate, that was called.
0: Yeah. yeah, people have to donate their the earnings to a charity, which is generally Extra Life. Right. Uh, and then, so that's what happened here. So in that sense, it's not surprising, but it caught people by surprise because it is published by Wizards of the Coast. Right. And it's so large.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's generally, big, right? And these, it's a print. You can get it in print. Exactly.
0: Yeah, so weird. usually yeah. these Extra Life- Things are you know maybe they'll they'll, they'll get up to a hundred pages, but generally they're a bit smaller and you know like maybe an adventure and a couple races and and uh you know some backgrounds and something like that this was a hefty tone yeah it was huge yeah uh to to come in and since it is published by Wizards of the coast, it automatically gets extra attention slash slash scrutiny uh so it's it became it a it? bigger thing
1: what's that did it, oh, I got extra attention and scrutiny in general.
0: In general, right?
1: Yeah, I was wondering if it got extra attention and scrutiny in Watsy. That's a. Oh, <laughs> that's a question I have. <laughs>
0: that, that that is a question that we all have, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: because it
0: it it's quite possible that this was something that uh, James was going to do as a follow up to their right. original uh, DM's Guild uh, publication. Before he worked for Wizards of the Coast, and now since he's sitting on this material and can't really do anything with it, right. uh, Wizards just said, "Hey, we'll we'll put it up as as uh, as a charity product, right? Right? And so so there <laughs> it is. It's out there. It's it's one hundred fifty pages of a lot yep. of a
1: lot of stuff, a lot a of villains, a lot of factions, a yeah. lot of monsters. Yeah. Um, the art is great, right? The art is really like it's it's as it feels like from from a If you were to squint, it feels like a full WotC product, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's, 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 or a really high-end DM's Guild product, right? Um, You know, it looks, it looks, it looks so good. I was like really close to buying the the print version. Um, I haven't yet, and I may still if I decide I'm going to use more material from it. I think the the one thing that grabbed my attention right away is that the monster design in it is not the new monster design, right? That like when we look at Witchlight monsters, we look at monsters in Van Richten's Guide. Um, that the, like, these are the, they, they are the old way, right? They have the spell casting blocks. They have, uh, I think they do in some cases list the, um, like list the, the, the most commonly used sort of combat based spell in the stat block. Right. Um, but then my, my big question is look well, how much play testing did these guys go through? How much do I trust these monsters to be well-balanced for, for, for their expectation? Or do I have to, you know, do my little, keep my designer hat on when I'm running them? Right. Um, but there's some really great monsters. They have the Ferum in here. The Ferrum is a is a monster that I've been kind of yep. looking for for a while. Uh, a lot of sort of old school D and D monsters in here that have not yet been, uh, uh, you know, have not yet been put in play. A lot of really great villains. Again, a lot of like unique NPCs. Yeah, and um,
0: four four cities, including Baldur's Gate, uh, ten yep. patron groups, uh, monsters, villains, uh, henchmen, you know, all sorts of things for. For fifteen dollars, fourteen ninety five PDF or yep. um, you know thirty five hard co- soft cover, forty five hardcover, uh, all going to charity. And and you know the question you ask, Mike, is is a really important one because because of the many different avenues for publication, you know we're seeing stuff published by wizards that probably I'm not saying this is the case here, but may not have gone through the same scrutiny as other right products. In the meantime, you know, people that actually do work for Wizards of the Coast uh, as freelancers and editors and, and artists may be putting out books that have gone through the scrutiny that a Wizards book would go through, but are getting discounted because it's not directly published by Wizards, you know? So yeah. all of this- and, and also there are
1: things that have gone through scrutiny and been directly published by Wizards that are also a complete mess. Yeah, so it, it's still like how, how how you know, you really can't hang on to any, st- at least, you know, from my perspective, I look at monster stat blocks. I can't hang on to any of them too tightly, right? right? Morden Canaan's has tons of monsters in it that are such a mess. They are rewriting them, <laughs> right? Yeah, so-
0: yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, it's another sort of fun business thing, but just more content for your game, especially yeah. if you're running in the Forgotten Realms and in the Baldur's Gate area, uh, and want those cool monsters like the. the yeah, I, I
1: mean, I, I picked it up, and and I think it's totally worth it. The art the art is just blows me away. Like they they have so many like big pieces of full page art, and they I, as far as I know they're new. Um, you know if they're if they're if they're published somewhere, I don't recognize them and uh and and yeah i already i look at monsters and i'm already like yeah i could run these like you know i i'd want to take give it a little bit of a careful eye to make sure something isn't out of whack but i think i have to do that with everything these days yeah and uh yeah it's i think it's totally worth it
0: awesome so that 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 was an episode mike thank you so much for coming on to to when do, uh, to when do we get
1: to us. do it again yeah let's let's do it again we tomorrow should, we should send teos to italy all the time <laughs> teos please stay in italy uh, <laughs> Well, no, I want to listen. I was just listening to the the one that you just did with uh with Stacy and will, and it was so outstanding it's oh, such that dear. was such a great episode
0: yeah talking talking with those oh, uh, yeah. creative types, especially will and stacy is is always a pleasure yeah uh, so and listeners out there, thank you for listening because you are the ones that that keep us going um so thank you. If, if you're a listener and thank you, especially if you're a patron, uh, if you would like to become a patron of the show, you can go to patreoncom slash MMP. Uh, Mike, for our listeners out there, where can people find you on social media or follow your work?
1: Best, best way is to go to my website, SlyFlourish.com. Uh, I have links to all of my other places there.
0: And yeah, all the inroads to the Sly Flourish media empire.
1: Yep. And all uh, that, that leads, that leads to all of the others cool uh you can follow me on twitter at sean
0: merwin or if you want to follow Teos, you can follow him at alpha stream uh you can follow the podcast on twitter at mastering D. mastering dungeons is a misdirected mark production so mr mike slyfleur what are we gonna do now
1: go kill monsters
0: yeah that's what i'm talking about Was that the right answer? That was the right answer. Yay!